All right. So here we go. This is podcast number two, three, five. I don't know what number we're on okay. at this point. <laughs> Does it really matter, sis? Not okay. Really. So here's my favorite. You guys, this is this is going to be my favorite. One of my favorites, I think. And it's because we're strangers. Mm-hmm. So you have to tell them their, your, your full name. Okay. Middle name, full name. Middle name included. Yes. Oh, I don't oh my God, really is it tell long? people that. It's, <gasps> it's a really funny story. So I'm glad I get to tell you. Yes. It's Alyssa Elvira Foster. Elvira. Elvira. And it's funny because so my mom's Hispanic. She's from Panama. Oh. And in Spanish it's Elvira. Oh my and gosh. Are she, you Spanish? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. We are soulmates. Yeah, right? Stop. So in Spanish so she oh, this whole entire time she thought her mom's name was Elvira. And when she finally was, it was like when I was like eight or nine, because my youngest brother was about to be born, she wanted my grandma to come help her. So she was trying to get all her papers ready and stuff. And they find her birth certificate, and her name's actually Elvia. Oh. Not Elvita. And so, yeah, I have, I'm supposedly named after my grandma, but not really. But sort of. But sort of. Oh, my. That is like the most beautiful middle name ever. Mm -hmm. Do you ever just want to go by that? Sometimes I like it better in Spanish than in English because yeah. the English there's that really yeah. old song the Elvira. Actually, I literally thought about that when you said mm-hmm. that, but then you said it like so gracefully in Spanish mm-hmm. that I was like, okay, never mind. That song yeah. is the not the Spanish not one the same. is better. Really oh my English. gosh! Mm-hmm. Okay, so now since you said that, you can tell me. Okay, so you moved here from Lubbock, but before that, where are you from? Okay, so we actually moved a lot of different places. My dad was in the border patrol. Okay. Um, but like it's kind of cool. Yeah. Spanish I, and he was in border patrol. He was in border patrol. Dang. That yeah. is a really cool story. Is mm-hmm. he, what does he do now? He's still border patrol. He's really? in Mississippi now. Oh man. Yeah. That's he does really all cool. the Cuba stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Crazy. So, uh, but the longest place we lived at was Artesia. Okay. New Mexico. Um, so I was there from seventh grade until my parents oh divorced, my but, then my second, well, I guess I was actually in Lubbock longer than I was in Artesia, but oh my I went gosh. to school at, well, first I went to Lubbock Christian University. Okay. Um, loved that. I and I tell. loved it so yeah, much. Yeah, that was the I best time of your life. <laughs> you just loved that. I loved it so oh much. Um, and I fit in so great there that I decided to transfer to Texas Tech. And I finished out, graduated with a double major in Spanish and psychology. So are you fluent in Spanish? Yes, I am. Were you fluent like as a kid? Yes, it was my first language because my mom moved here. You are absolutely fucking fascinating. Yeah. (laughs) I cuss a lot. It's okay. Okay. I'm fine with that. Okay. Um, So what were we saying? You were talking your double double major. major in Spanish and psychology. And then I went straight into my master's program. Right away. I graduated December, started in January. Okay. Um, Don't say anymore. So okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause you really fast. Pause so it. the people need to know we're strangers. We have yes. never met before. We have mutual friends. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to like circle around a few things here. So I, I think I saw you – I want to say maybe you did like some photos for McKenna or Ashen like mm-hmm. a long – like a, a while ago. Mm-hmm. And so I started following you. And I was like, oh, my God, that photography is like amazing, like mm-hmm. heaven on earth. So then we started following each other on TikTok like recently. Mm-hmm. And so when I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, what is like my next idea? I had all these things. I don't know what the deal – my For You page, I think I told you this other day, yeah. it was – every single video was yours. Like, And I 
I was like, this is, is this like a coincidence? Like what is happening? Mm -hmm. And so I saw the TikTok of you talking about how you became a photographer. Yes. And so I was immediately obsessed. And I was like, okay, this is like the most fascinating thing all time. But I had like a personal connection because Mm -hmm. I'm going to school for psychology and I want to do masters, my get my masters for behavioral health. And so when I saw what you were doing, I was like, wait a second. I'm just like, I have to know all of the details. Mm -hmm. But when I originally started the podcast and started talking to people, what I wanted, like my original mindsetting was kind of rooting like from myself. So like it was the you can start something, not finish it, start something else and be really amazing at it. Mm -hmm. And then maybe go back to something. I think sometimes like as women and as adults, we think like, if you fail at something, like you are a failure, right? Yeah. Especially millennials, like you, it's it's literally like built in your brain that mm-hmm. if you don't do what you were set out to do, you know that's not it. So your photography, I was like, well, this these like this is perfect. It goes hand in hand because I feel like people should know like your story about how you started photography is just I'm obsessed with it, mm-hmm. and so I want you to tell it now and then kind of like move forward. And then the other day when you said you were a teacher, I was like, okay, what? I was <laughs> like, this is like the most fascinating human like of all time. Like your mm-hmm. photography is like so beautiful and creative, and that's what like really caught my eye about mm-hmm. you. But then hearing so many different like parts of who you are as a human, I'm like. Okay, I, I have to know everything. Yeah. So now we can play. We can go back okay. to um, you going to school and okay. continue there. Okay, so I graduated in December, and that's also when I got engaged to my husband. So okay. January I start my master's program, and it was also at Texas Tech, their health science center, and it was clinical mental health counseling. Oh, my God. Um, we are so meant to be. I, oh, my gosh. I love psychology, like, obsessed. So – um, I stayed in Lubbock for a little bit cause I was still just trying to get the whole online cause it was an online program. I was just going to ask you if it was online or in person. Yeah, it okay, was online. Really cool. And then I moved to Farmington that April okay. cause I got a job at, it was called Roundtree Developmental Specialist, kind of just like psychology type okay. things. And so we got married that June and then I got pregnant that September Dang. and all this time I was, you know, still doing still my school, school and yeah. working. And I was like, well, I've always been that type of person that's like, I can do this. Yeah. It's fine. I can do all of this. It's okay. So I, you know, was fine up until May of that next year. It was 2019. I was going into labor with my son, Zach. And I, I mean, who thinks about, hey, I've got an exam coming up when you're literally in the worst pain of your life. Yeah, that's so, the last thing on your mind, actually. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I was not even there mentally. So I um, was in, like, labor with him for three days before I could even, like, get checked into the hospital. Went through that whole thing, had him. It was kind of a traumatic birth. I um, hemorrhaged and all oh this. Oh, my and gosh. He was lethargic. Wow. Um, so we were in the hospital for a week after I had him. That's a long time. And it didn't dawn on me about my exam until Of course not. after. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. Was it like your final? Yeah, it was my final. And so and those are pretty heavy, you yeah. know? Those, so those are a lot of points. When I realized it, I reached out and I was like, I have all this proof. I have my documentation. I was literally in the hospital for a week. Like I went through all this stuff. I is there any way I can make this up? Like what can I do? 
and they told me no, that it was already too late, unfortunately, but I could make it up in the summer. So I immediately after having Zach, summer program starts two weeks after they have oh like a little God. break. And so you have to start the whole program all over again. Just, or just that, that class. class. Okay. I was taking that class over. And then, so I started again. I'm like, okay, I can do this, whatever. One F. Like it bothered me, but I'm like, I'll make it up. It'll be fine. And so I continue on. I'm like, I got this. I, I'm close to being done. I finished a year. I have a year and a half left. And then that December of 2019, I find out I'm pregnant again. Oh. I'm like, are you kidding me? Perfect timing. Thank what you. What's going on? Oh, so, my gosh. And my, you know, ev everyone around me is questioning, like, are you okay? Can you do this? I'm like, I can do it. I'm fine. Yeah. I've got this. Um, and which really, if you count out my testing times, I did have it. Yeah. So anyways, I go on. I'm like, okay, I've got this. We're fine. Well, I have Z August 4th. And that's the end of summer session. So same thing. We go in. I'm like, and I had him in Durango. So I'm also stressed about like, am I going to make it there? Right. Because like, that's kind of far. Crazy. Yeah. And then with everything that happened at the Farmington Hospital, I was like, what if that happens again? And mm -hmm. it was during COVID too. So there's just a lot going through yeah. my head. And um, I'm also teaching at the time. And teaching online through COVID. So it was all just kind of a lot of crazy stuff. One thing going after on. another. And so same thing. I have Z and it happens during my final. And so this time I was only there two days. So I reached out, hey, I missed my final. I was getting messages like, okay, um, I'll I'll open it at this day. I'm like, okay, well I didn't sit there. I'm not sitting there like refreshing no, over no. and over to see the message. Yeah, you have a you new have baby to now. be on the blackboard, whatever, to look at it. So I was a day off when he had messaged and said, Okay, I'm gonna leave it open for twelve hours. And I didn't see it until the cutoff was already done. Oh my god. And so then I reached out again. I'm like, Can you open it again? Like I'm gonna stay on today to check. And he said no. And then I tried to appeal it, tried to show like I have proof, like yeah. I yeah. I was in the hospital. I mean, and let's be real, who's I just had a baby. You weren't and just who's at sitting home. here on yeah. a computer. Like I didn't have time to do that. Um and so they let me I mean, I went through the appeal process, I did the letter, I did all of it, and they still they denied, denied it, it and they kicked me out of the program. And that semester, that fall semester, I would have been starting my I was done with all my classes. It was just starting my interim where I would shadow a counselor and oh my get my hours. So done. can you do it again if you wanted to? So I think it's like a money thing, but mm. programs won't accept your full amount of credits. So um, you have you would have to start essentially I'd have all to start over, over. Which is a lot of money. A lot of money and, time. and a lot of time. And I I didn't want to do it. Yeah. Who wants to start? I did 40 hours. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. That's a full program. Yeah. That's so. a lot. So at the so at the end of that, you have a new baby and mm -hmm. now you have two kids. Mm -hmm. You're married. You have all these things. So was it, did you feel like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Yeah. I was, I was very depressed. Yeah. Um, I was teaching at that time. So with Zach, once Zach, almost, before he turned a year old, I quit that Roundtree job and I started teaching mainly because my husband's family and my husband at the time were all teachers. Okay. And it was hard being on a different schedule. They were off all summer and I was working. It right. wasn't fun. 
So I decided to go ahead and start teaching until I got my master's degree and then I could go into my counseling stuff. Right. Because I did kind of dabble with the thought of becoming a school counselor because I'd be able to with the one that I had. Yeah. Um, and so they require you to have like three years practice of teaching before being a school counselor. So I thought this will be perfect. I'll finish and then I can transfer in right it. in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I had already started photography when that year prior, but it wasn't like a business or anything. It was just learning my camera. Yeah. Um, I had never thought I'd be like an actual photographer. I didn't consider myself a photographer. It was just a hobby at that point. And yeah, I was, I was really depressed. I was like, I think that I just have to teach. I think that one thing that we have a really hard time talking about, just like, and I don't know if it's like what because we're adults and mm-hmm. we're like so strong now is like those times in our lives when we were depressed. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like for people who are going through that, it's like how do we how do we navigate that to then become strong? So yeah. how did you navigate? You know, you have two new kids. Mm-hmm. That's a really big thing to no longer be a part of, like school. Yeah. So that depression too. I feel like millennials for us. Um, I always say millennials. It's just all that that's our age, and mm-hmm. I feel like we we didn't talk about depression when mm-hmm. we were kids and growing up. And so, how did you navigate it? Was it one of those things where you like just push it down until it like exploded? Kinda. I I mean I was new here. I yeah. didn't really have friends either, and um, I had no one to talk to about it. So, um, everyone around me is just like. Like, it wasn't a big deal. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, you can just start over. And I'm like, you don't get it. Like, no, I can't just start over. You're crazy. Um, So, yeah, I pushed it down. And then I tried to focus everything into, like, teaching and... Your work. My work. Yes, different. Of course. So, um, I... We had that COVID time, and I had more time to work with my camera. And I feel like... The way I dealt with my depression was my camera. I love that. I think, too, your photography is very different from anything I've ever seen Mm -hmm. with anyone. And so that's what makes you so just appealing is because for me, and I literally get – I just got the chills before I'm even about to say what I'm about to say out loud. Mm -hmm. What you you are projecting in the camera is how you see people, is how Mm -hmm. you are envisioning them. And so sometimes we don't even see that that that's your art. You're able to make someone feel beautiful mm-hmm. in their skin. And that is like a, a special skill that I feel like only certain humans really have. And so I think I saw your – I can never say this white mm-hmm. – boudoirs. I never say it correctly. I don't, know I don't how think say I am either. Earlier I think boudoir, I said boudoirs. Boudoir. Yeah. I don't know. The, the bees where you we look sexy. Yeah, yeah, we get it. The sexy bees. Yes. So mm-hmm. you did some – Man, I want to say, did you do some last summer? I did. I do it quite often. I did do some last summer at the piano. I think there, so I, there must have been some I saw last summer. And what I noticed about them was how you made people feel. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, that is not just something that you go, most people getting those aren't just models, right? Mm-hmm. They're, you're mm-hmm. not, they're, they're your everyday women yes. that you have to make feel sexy yes. and the most beautiful version of yourself. And so that's a very special person. But to me, because I know those things, that also means that you struggled yourself with mm-hmm. your own body, which means you know how to 
project that. Yes. And so that brings me kind of like back around to like the next thing is that one of the things I saw when we were on when I was on t- we when we were on TikTok <laughs> when I was on the TikTok yes was um so body dysmorphia is like one of the most it has no it has no enemies mm-hmm. it like it wants everybody oh, and yeah. anyone and so something for me is that I love to talk to just different people about it because mm-hmm. I actually I just learned recently like recently yesterday that it happened to men. I yeah. never thought about it before. Mm-hmm. I never thought that men had body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. And I just I always thought well they're not as emotional as us. Yeah. They're not as, you know, all these things. So mm-hmm. one of the things that stood out like the one that solidified I was like, dude, I got to talk to her. I got mm-hmm. I I's got to be the one for me. Yeah. was when you talked about body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. So have so whatever you're comfortable talking about cuz I mm-hmm. know it's like a really hard thing to talk about. Yeah, so I think what I want to help people really understand is that body dysmorphia doesn't just like come and then go, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't come when you're skinny and or you know come when you've gained a few pounds mm-hmm. or leave. It's there. It's always it just there. whenever it really wants to show up, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's like so what I want to kind of like relay to people is different ways that we all tackle it. Mm-hmm. So whatever you're comfortable sharing with about you and your body dysmorphia mm-hmm. and how you really just make it your bitch mm-hmm. to still love your skin because that is like the goal for all yeah. of us really, you mm-hmm. know. So what are your – let's talk about it. So <laughs> I've I've always had that. I've always dealt with it um bless my mama's heart she is hispanic and i think that's just something that comes naturally that i've seen in the hispanic world where they're like oh she's gained some weight whatever Mm -hmm. right so i mean back this was back where i was like i remember it like seventh grade seventh eighth grade and i've always kind of had you know kind of a butt and uh when i would buy jeans they wouldn't fit me correctly and I don't know why, but I always had it in my head like I need to be a size small. Mm-hmm. So I remember my first ever freak out was we're going school shopping and I had to get a size medium and like a sweatpant or something. And I had a complete meltdown in the dressing room. And my dad, you know, was like trying to like, oh, it's okay. Like it's not a big deal. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, like I don't want that. I don't want it. So I would not buy anything unless it was a small because I didn't want to own anything that was bigger than that. Right. So from then on, it just, I mean, I would, I played soccer. So, I mean, I was in really good shape. You know, you, yeah, run you're running forever, yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, even outside of that, my parents would have us running on the weekends. Um, my mom was this big, like marathon runner. So I, during the high school time, I always stayed within my small. And then I went to college and I wasn't working out every day. I was eating the things I wanted because another thing that came with our household was we didn't really have like processed food, which now as an adult, I get it. Right. Especially when you have your own kids. Yeah. yeah, I get it. But I didn't get to indulge in that. So, you know, once you have that freedom, you're like, I want all of it. And so I gained weight and it, my whole college career was me gaining weight, being like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And then getting in the gym, eating salad, 
like bare or not eating at all starving yourself starving myself yeah. and it was just a really it was a vicious cycle i was in because then you would lose weight and then you would gain even more back the next mm -hmm. time so um even when i was like at my smallest i felt i hate saying this but like i felt like a whale like i felt gross yeah right that makes sense yeah and so then you know i had kids back to back and that was really hard mm -hmm. um on top of my whole school depression i was i was just depressed all around and that this didn't help at all because i mean i didn't really have mirrors in the house i i wouldn't buy i was still the same i wouldn't buy new clothes because i didn't want to accept i felt like i was accepting the fact that i was bigger and right. i didn't want to do that and you see, you know, you know, famous people, whatever, mm -hmm. they have kids and they bounce, oh, her bounce back. It's whatever. the craziest thing to me. Yeah. yeah it's and crazy. I'm like, what is wrong with, like, why am I not? I hear these, t like, whatever, that if you breastfeed, you lose weight faster. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm breastfeeding the last two years straight and it's not what's happening going for on. Me. Yeah. Um, and so that, that was really hard. And like I said, I, I put everything into my camera and um, I realized I started enjoying the boudoir shots and at first I didn't really, I knew I liked it, but I didn't know why. And it's like what you say, like how I make other people feel yeah. great about themselves. Yeah. I try my absolute best to make them feel good because I know what it's like to not feel good. Yeah. And I, even though I was trying to make them feel good, I myself didn't feel good. Um, and so I think my husband's always like, why are you so good at it? I'm like, I think because, I mean, I know the angle. I know I know what they're insecure about because I'm insecure about that. You, yeah, exactly. So I know it's like you are what out to there. do. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's like, it's me. I feel, I, I'm like coming to like a realization. I feel yeah. like I see them as me. I love I'm that. like, how would I want my photo? That's, yeah. And I always ask them, I'm like, you know, what are you insecure about? I know it's hard to talk about, but what are you insecure about? What do you enjoy about yourself? And then we take it from there. Um, and so I think that part really helped me. Now, it's not that I'm like completely cured. I still well, deal course. with it all the time. Yeah. Um, and it's not even the gaining weight and stuff either. It's like <laughs> my nose or my arm. Right. Or um, my Those little foot is things really that weird. you really hone in on that mm -hmm. you just almost like can't stop. Yeah. And so the one thing that I loved about you was that you are taking the time to say, okay, how can I love this part of my body that I wasn't nice to yesterday? Mm -hmm. And so taking that time to really find those parts of your body. And so I, the biggest point behind a lot of this is that we compare ourselves to people that we don't even fucking know mm -hmm. that are famous. And we are, I like to go back and use this reference. Um, did you watch the desperate housewives ever? Like mm -hmm. when it was, so I rewatched that as adult just because I, I didn't have a show to watch. So I thought mm -hmm. I'm going to rewatch it. And I could not believe how skinny they were like mm -hmm. in, in the show. And so I thought that is what I wanted to be when I was, 14 or 15. And I was never going to be that unless I starved myself. Yeah. And when you look at it now as an adult, you know, realistically, because I feel like I've done every diet plan, every pop, every pill, every, you know, quick fix. And mm -hmm. I realized 
to be that small, you basically have to not eat. Yeah. And so it made me sad for them because we live in a very different world now than we did. That show came out, you know, what, 15, 16 years yeah. ago. So in that time frame, I remember wanting to be that skinny and that mm-hmm. was never going to happen. And so even as adults, we still find ourselves comparing ourselves to people who are breastfeeding that are small. Like some people's bodies are just very different. Mm-hmm. And I'm also Hispanic and I'm I'm never going to be this tiny thing. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way that I'm built. And so there was a day I feel like I just kind of woke up and was like, okay, how can we make every day better from here instead of going backwards? Yeah. I can't really change a lot of the things that happened and I can't make these things go away. We birthed two kids mm-hmm. and they're beautiful things in our bodies. I have a friend who just recently had a baby and I mean, by recently, I mean like a week and a half ago Mm -hmm. and you would never know. And I just have to accept that I don't want to want that for her because that's how she was born. That's the genetics of her body. And so I feel like the older I'm getting now, part of my like mental game is that I'm not going to be anyone else ever. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to be me. So how am I talking to myself and how am I really just like loving what I have? Because it's not going to change. And so I think for you, when I saw that TikTok of you saying, okay, I'm going to try this. Like I want to like, that is a really powerful thing. And so I don't think, I'm sure maybe you do realize that. But for Mm -hmm. me, I was like, how can I do that for myself? What, What about myself can I love on like that? Because the way that you talk to yourself, once you get that game, like good, Mm -hmm. once you are kind to yourself, I feel like the body dysmorphia and just the binge eating and all of that get better. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a binge eater and I recently shared that, like, I feel like with the public, which I don't know yeah. if it's public, but, <laughs> you know, I, for Halloween this year, recently, yeah. I had my husband hide five bags of candy, like bags of yeah. candy. I made it my mission to find the candy that I asked him to hide. And then I ate it all. Mm-hmm. And it was like this, like this trigger that was just kind of like, oh my God, what am I doing? And it yeah. was like, I, in the moment I was like, dude, this candy is, it's going to, I'm never going to see it again. If I don't eat it right now, it's going to be gone and I can never have it again. Yeah. So there are all these weird emotional things that you like tie back to, you know, your childhood mm-hmm. and then trying on the clothes in there. And so as an adult, my goal, I feel like is to, to, to not project that onto my kids. Yes. And that I have boys. And Mm -hmm. so I never, I did not realize until my son was uncomfortable wearing a shirt at the lake. I didn't, I never realized that how I talked about myself in front of him. Yeah. Because I I just thought, well, he's not a girl, so I don't have to worry about it. Right? Yeah. I didn't realize that I did that to my own son. Mm -hmm. I made this, everything was about weight and food and all these things. Mm -hmm. And then it clicks and you're like, oh. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, so I think what you're doing is just, it's so powerful because it's like, I'm going to spend the time. This is my insecurity and this is how I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So are you doing that with different parts like all the time? Like ev- yes. do you do every day? Like what do you, for people who haven't seen that TikTok, mm-hmm. tell them, let's talk about what that looks like. What is that? What am I talking about basically? So I, like I said, I've been very depressed for a very long time. Um, and this year I decided 
my word was going to be evolve. And I was like, so how am I going to evolve? And I like the word because I think it can be used in every aspect of my life, not just like work, but it can be work or personal or um, friendships or relationships. And then just me, myself, I was like, well, how, what can I do? Because obviously I'm not perfect. Right. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm still very insecure with my body. And I realized that besides, you know, the online stuff that happened every now and then, like I was the only one talking to myself that way. Yeah. Like my husband gets very uncomfortable when I say things and he'll be like, can you like not say that? Or he'll be like, are you no, do you realize like what you just said about yourself? And I didn't realize how often I was saying things like Mm -hmm. that to myself. Yeah. And so I thought, well, how can I, how can I do this? What can I do to help myself get past those? Now, I don't think it's going to happen overnight. I don't think taking a photo is going to fix it, but I think it's a step towards it and accepting it. Yeah. So I thought, okay, what are, what am I insecure about? So I was like, obviously my belly and that one's going to be last because it's like one of my bigger ones. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, you know, your, your flappiness of the arms, like, even when I was skinny, I was flappy. So that's always been something that bothers me. And my nose was a big one. Um, that's the first thing I told my husband when we started not even dating, just talking. I was like, I really hate my nose and I want a nose job. And I still catch myself saying that sometimes. And then he's like, well, I mean, if you want to, I guess do it. But like, what are Zach and Z going to think when they, are like, why do I have this nose? And they look at us and none of us have that nose. Yeah. And then for me to say, well, I got a nose job because I didn't like it. That's a really good point. Like how would you explain that to them when uh-huh. that's – you would almost be creating that for them instead creating of tackling – Creating that insecurity yeah, for them. Instead of tackling yeah, that for yourself. Exactly. And so my brother, um, he has the same nose that I do. And so he's really insecure about it too. And I remember him getting called like Toucan Sam or Sam or something in um, high school. And Kids are so mean. They're so mean. Oh, my gosh. So anyways, I was just like, I'm going to pick out, I guess, the physical parts of my body to help me get over that. Um, and then I thought, well, if I'm doing that, I might as well do it with my photography because that's yeah. just where I always go back to is my camera. And I said, if I make other people feel good, maybe I can make myself feel good. Yeah. Um, and so I, one day randomly, I was like, I'm just going to start a series and I'm going to do it. I love it. And I think it's I one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen because you're being vulnerable, but it helps people to say, okay, I want to try and do that too. Mm-hmm. Like, how am I going to look at something that I just really don't like about myself? And I'm going to try to love that. Like, yeah. You're taking it from one extreme to the next, which is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. And it do you think it is helping? Like do you feel do you feel it yet? Um I did up until my nose one and it took me a long time to post those results. I did I think it was yesterday. Um because I haven't seen it. I purposefully I I stopped watching you because mm-hmm. I didn't want to know. Yeah. So I was like, I want it to be super authentic and like really get to know you. So I haven't I yeah. haven't watched any of it. I think I I think I did it. Yeah. I posted like three yesterday. Oh, I can't wait I've to go really see. Behind. But I posted them yesterday finally. And I kept saying every day, I was like, okay, I'm gonna post them today. And then I just, oh, I forgot. I'll do it tomorrow. 
and I kept pushing it back. And I think it was because I looked at it and I was like, oh, you didn't. And it wasn't it didn't give you what you thought it was going to give no, you. No, it didn't. Um, but after I posted it yesterday, I was like, I'm not going to look at the views. I'm not going to look at anything. I'm just going to post it, get it out there. And I felt better. Yeah. I felt like the weight was off my chest, honestly. And um, and I was like, I'm not going to care about the feedback because that's not why I'm doing it. Right. I'm doing it for right. me, not for the feedback. Yeah. So um, I did feel better about it, actually. That's, good. that's amazing. Um, so, yeah. My- I feel like those things didn't you weren't you didn't become insecure about that overnight Mm-mm. like that took time so kind of getting rid of that yeah isn't gonna happen after you know one time you know it's gonna mm-hmm. take that that learning curve and I think that's what the wild thing about body dysmorphia is is it really comes at you whenever it feels like mm-hmm. and it's the one thing that can cripple you and can really destroy like the inside of you and mm-hmm. so I always talk about that time, like when you're in your menstrual cycle. So, yeah. um, I I don't get it. I have a, I had a hysterectomy, so I haven't mm-hmm. had it in a year. Yeah. But I remember that there was a there were days, and it was always like the week before I started. I guess I never hated myself so much as that week before my period every month. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was explaining that to my husband one time. I was like, "Could you imagine truly hating yourself?" looking in the mirror every single month. And I just remember he looked at me with this like sadness for me. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to what I said out loud and I was like, that's a wild, that's a wild thing. And mm-hmm. that that makes me sad because I don't want to hate myself anymore. But it was it was like attached to that emotional thing. But I remember I saw myself so and so I started to ask people because I was like, do you do you see yourself this yeah. way? And almost every woman I asked was like, yeah, bro, oh, yeah. I literally hate myself. And I'm like, it makes no sense. It mm-hmm. just makes when you think about it like outside of the box and mm-hmm. you're like, that's wild. I have yet to really meet anyone who doesn't have body dysmorphia of mm-hmm. some kind. Yeah. And I have some of the most beautiful friends, all different shapes and sizes. And so one of my favorite sayings is, you will never ever see yourself the way everyone else sees you. Mm-hmm. And so that's something when I'm really hating my like an outfit and my body, I always say, it looks good. Remember, you are seeing yourself through your own foggy glasses. Yeah. And I wish I could really stomp those glasses because those days where you just hate yourself are really, they're wild. And I wish that people talked about depression more because mm-hmm. depression and body dysmorphia, they come when they feel like it. Mm-hmm. They come when they really want to you know just like take over Mm -hmm. and they do and it's like you you aren't yourself Mm -mm. and you're just trying to like climb out and so when I found out let me check our time because god we are really getting here we are really getting to know each other sis we're good (laughs) I I the other day I went looking for someone so I found out I had ADHD Mm -hmm. that's like a whole nother you know time for a podcast yeah but I went to Google and TikTok and Instagram and I literally started looking up like pretty normal people with ADHD Mm -hmm. and same thing like depression body dysmorphia that's what we like Google we're like normal person body dysmorphia and when you think about that in a perspective what is the definition of normal even fucking mean honestly like exactly it's the it's the dumbest shit ever. Mm-hmm. Everyone is going through something different, but we don't talk about the hard. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about the real. 
we talk about the pretty and the glitter and we we show you know social media is a highlight of all the beautiful things and so i just want people to know that pretty normal people whatever fucking normal means we struggle too yeah we go through hardship too and we are we are okay being vulnerable to to share and to help and to you know do all these things but Mm -hmm. also i think people should know do the fucking boudoir does it close whatever we already decided whatever yeah like do it and feel comfortable and do it with you and feel that that feeling because i have yet to personally almost knocked my mic off (laughs) i have never i have never i want to make sure i'm not lying here i've never done one ever really so i did the closest that i have come was when i did like my photo shoot for um for my podcast I've never done one because I am the person that says when I lose 10 pounds, I'll do it. Yeah. When I lose this, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And I saw the um, the video that you had with Ashton and mm-hmm. I was like, it made me feel like I could do it too. Yeah. Like I could be beautiful too. And I literally have always said like, well, you know, I, I have to be tan. Mm-hmm. I have to do this because, you know, my body's been through a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw your photos, I was like, well, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And so that is a magical thing because people, good people, authentic, real people make other people feel valuable Mm -hmm. and so i feel like you have this fucking superpower and you're a stranger this is the first time i've ever met you yeah and you had this superpower like i'm a very confident person but there's also a part of me that is very like destroyed and and all these things on the inside because of my body and how i talk to myself Mm -hmm. and you were a stranger and i looked at all these people that you made look fucking beautiful and i was like I want to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be a part of that. And so yeah. I feel like you have this superpower of how you feel. You can make other people feel beautiful. And it just kind of like projects that way. And you are being honest. Like, you are flipping the script just because you're being yourself. And that's a really powerful fucking thing. And that's why I was like, dude, the people <laughs> got to know this chick. Yeah. The people have to know her because talking about your insecurities and talking about depression. Those are things people don't do. They're mm-hmm. they're doing them and they're having them, yeah. but they're not saying shit about it. And some people are private, and so that's okay too, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like we're in a place in the world where we have to really share with each other the hard times. Mm-hmm. So that kind of brings me to the photography aspect is like you're you – know, I don't want you to share like all your ideas, but you have some really creative shit happening. And I'm like, dude – where do you even think about that kind of stuff? Like, does it just come to you when you're driving to Chick-fil-A? Like, yes. what? Like, it just in your mind? And you're it like, dude, does. I got to text this person. I'll, like, see something. And I'll be like, oh, dude, you know, it'd be so cool. And my husband would be like, what? <laughs> no, what do you think of now? What now? I literally have a list on my phone in the notes app where I just write write it down. And then you do it. And then I go back later and I'm like, okay, I really feel like, oh, I want to do this one. And then I'll put it together. Because if not, because at first I would think of things and then I'd forget. And then I started writing them, but I don't always have a pen and paper. Right, right. So then I started, it was last year, when I started my color series, I started putting that it in That is rad. Notes. Your color series is rad. Yeah. And you know what? My color series really, that's like what really like pushed it, like really pushed me out there, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, let's, I wanted to kind of touch on that and I almost forgot so when you moved here, mm-hmm. you were here for a couple of years. 
you, I feel like, did you just start making friends because of like people found you for photography? Like how did that, because I feel you kind of did this like, you know, blow up thing. I did. Yeah. I feel like it happened that way too. I, like I said, I started and I was just a hobby and then I was like, I kind of want to actually do this. So I reached out to a couple of photographers and asked if I could second shoot. And I did a couple of that for one. And um, I never, which is, I mean, I get it now as a photographer myself. Um, Sometimes you're just so overwhelmed and busy, like you don't think about other things. So I never got to get the photos back to where I can look to see if I was even doing well or to have them for my portfolio. Um, So, and it was hard because I couldn't book people because I I didn't have examples to show anybody. Like I could say I have second shot, but when they're like, can I see? You're like, well, you don't have anything. I don't have it. Um, and I didn't want to quit. So I switched and I was like, okay, well, I like maternity. So what if I just label myself maternity newborn and I could still practice learning my camera? And that's what I did. I, that was like two years ago. I did that and I was strictly maternity newborn. Oh. And then from there, I started getting wedding inquiries. Okay. Um, and I think it was just seeing just what I could do. And then from there, I got like two weddings one year. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. I'm so awesome, right? And that's when I met Ashton. Okay. Because I started second shooting for her. And I started gaining my wedding experience through her. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. That's I amazing. Uh-huh. And she was great. I mean, she was very welcoming. Um, we literally, the very first wedding I ever did with her, um, it was kind of like an emotional day for both of us. And we connected, honestly, that very first day. And That's amazing. From there, she's like, well, Mike, you can, you know, anytime you need me. And she's like, I'll take you up on that. And it was just a bunch that kind of happened. And so, yeah, I met her, and then I met McKenna. She came up with her um, farmhouse salon, mm-hmm. and then I had just barely started dyeing my hair, just the front part, um, and I was like, well, she seems really cool, and I want to meet her. I'm going to book her. Yeah. And then we kind of hit it off, too, and then from there, I mean, all my clients, <laughs> They always say, let's be best friends. And I, I mean, I love all Couple of them, that. honestly. You make women feel so comfortable that they leave a place where they're so vulnerable mm-hmm. that they want to keep you in their life. Yeah. That, flip the switch, sis, right back yeah. in there is so amazing. So a lot of my friends are my my clients. That's yeah. how I met them. Um, so yeah, I, I've made a lot of friends through that. That's amazing. And that probably helps all the struggling. It's like you can really – grow and continue and mm-hmm. evolve mm-hmm. like that is the best part about making i feel like this age in life is when for me anyways i've made the best friends mm-hmm. i've ever had and they have come weirdly from the most insecure times of yeah. my life mm-hmm. and i'm like this is some weird it's weird but amazing yeah. to have friends who there's no competition like mm-hmm. you and ashton are in the same profession oh, in yeah. the same town and you are hand in hand together, like that's powerful. Mm -hmm. And so it's something that just isn't, it isn't around and Mm -hmm. it's beautiful. And it's a reminder that we can be different and do the same thing together and both be successful. And Mm -hmm. so there's this part of me that also wants to share that with people is like, 
you know, obviously I did a podcast with McKenna. I have one with Ashton. And Mm -hmm. so there are these women that I have met in my life. I haven't even met you. Today is our first time Mm -hmm. knowing each other. But I'm like, there are these women that build other women up. And that's the kind of jam I'm trying to live because Mm -hmm. life is really hard to do alone. And life is really hard to do with people who aren't nice to you. And so when you have that bundle of people that might be strangers that you might just meet, but they build you up and they make you feel good, you got to hold on to those people and really just enjoy them and smile with them. And I think the video of you and Ashton is one of the most beautiful fucking things. I literally saw that, you guys, in the leotard, the black leotard (laughs) with the cups, same profession, doing the same thing, no competition. And I was like, dude, that is powerful Mm -hmm. and then i'm like god am i just like a cheeser like do i just like love all the cheesiness but i'm just like dude i i love this you know and i think that you are doing a really powerful thing because you're sharing vulnerable things with people and i could literally tell you that a million fucking times but i truly feel like us just talking about all these real things even if that helps one person Mm -hmm. that's one person that says okay today i'm gonna find one thing about my body and for the next six days, five days, I'm going to talk about how much I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we're going to wrap we're going to wrap this baby up. Mm-hmm. So I want to do something kind of creative at okay. the end of all of these podcasts. And so I want us to say one thing that we love about ourselves, like the one thing that we're like, this is my jam. This is what I love about myself. And then one thing that we wish we could change about okay. ourselves. And it doesn't have to be physical. It doesn't have to be. You know, it's just one thing you love, one thing you wish you could change. I love how blunt I am. Oh, yes, girl. Also love that. And sometimes I wish I could change. So, you know, RBF. Yes. I have it so bad. And um, sometimes I love it. Mm Mm-hmm. But sometimes when it's necessary, when I'm, you know, it sucks to say, but when you're judged so often based off of it, yeah. sometimes I do wish I, it wasn't as dramatic. Yeah. You know, Botox. I know. I've I, been told plenty of times. I'm telling you, Botox really will tighten that baby up and you won't be able to move it. And then people are like, wait, are you sad, happy? Mm-hmm. What is, what is happening? Yeah. There? It doesn't fix it forever, temporarily, three mm-hmm. months at a time, but you might fix it like a little bit i know i'm gonna get told that i a feel lot, like so. sometimes though it's necessary you know it's a mm-hmm. have um okay so i love um that i live in a world where i just no longer care what people think about me that is not like i don't i have zero fucks to give mm-hmm. like look when i started this podcast i was like okay i can't cuss like i feel like i was very um like i was very modest when i did mm-hmm. my first one with mckenna yeah like i was very calm you know mm-hmm. and then now i'm just like we're not doing that yeah. Whoever's going to listen is going to fact. this is me. This is who I am. And so I'm not going to step on eggshells, you know? Mm-hmm. One thing I wish I could change. Um, I, this question, I can't believe I asked it because I actually hate it, right? Yeah. It's kind of, it's, you know, it's a hard one. One thing I wish I could change. Let's see. I wish I could change that um, I get in these like weird funks where I want to chop all of my hair off and oh. take all of my body dysmorphia. Like, I take all that out on my hair. Really? I mean, poor McKenna, though. I, I mean, know. you know, you'll have to go back, like, in my feed. Mm-hmm. I did the chop, take my extensions out, like, mm-hmm. chop nine inches. And then I was like, just kidding, McKenna. Can you put it back in? Oh so I wish I would could probably change the fact that I take that out, like, 
physically on my hair mm -hmm. because that gets expensive after yeah, a while, you does. know? Gosh. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. Tell yeah, the people goodbye. Bye, everybody. Thank yes. you. Thank you guys for listening to us.